Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and um, we're here for another hour talking about cars. And you're welcome to join us, 602 602- 508-0960, 602-508-0960, and Curtis, I'm going to get to you in just a second. You're our first caller. Anybody else, we have four lines available. We talk about cars. We're talking about car, car repair. Um, we're talking about some of the pitfalls of dealing with a, a shop, and and when the real question is, is, is what we're talking about benefit you or benefit me? I'm the driver. You're the shop. And unfortunately, there's a whole lot uh, going on where it just benefits the shop. I represent a large group of shops in the Valley. We're all friends. We're all gray-haired guys. All of us have been around the block a lot. And we've all come to the conclusion in various stages of our lives that if you just do a good job fixing people's cars and giving them good advice about stuff that they need in the future and don't use scare tactics, then you're probably going to have more business than you know what to do with. And that's basically what, where many of us have, have uh, evolved to. The, 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 the idea of hiring a technician and having him rip every car apart that goes into his bay and give him a laundry list of things that needs to be done tells you where he came from. It doesn't tell you that he's good. He's a salesman, and his job is to generate sales. And many of the cases of shops in, in the Valley area that I know of, generating sales is the last thing we want to do. We're so doggone busy, we don't even know what to do. And sometimes we even actually, I think my wife Renee is sitting here with me, um, there's times where we just shut down to new customers, period, because we can't handle the volume. Yeah, we've done that in the past. but And all the trade magazines, I mean, it's about how you can improve your profit and sell, 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 <laughs> every single thing. It's just, it's really sad. And, and what she's talking about there is we probably get th- between five and ten magazines free of charge mm-hmm. that are talking to the independent auto repair shops. And in those magazines, it's page after page on how to increase your sales, how to increase your profitability, how to make more money on your labor, how to make more money on your parts. And should you use an elevated scale? Should you buy something for a dollar and sell it for a dollar twenty-five, Or should you double the dollar and get 100% profit, but on the big stuff, you can't buy something for 1000 and sell it for 2000 mm-hmm. So then they teach you and they give you all these matrixes on what you can do. Yeah. And there's just too many of us old guys out there with gray hair that uh, just don't have time for that. Curtis, thank you for holding. How can I help you this morning? Listen to you every Saturday. Curtis? I have a CRV. Thank you. Thank you. 140,000 miles, and I had a little air conditioning problem, <clears throat> and they put new antifreeze in it, <clears throat> and then they put this stuff in it, this chemical in it, and I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's called like freeze. It's supposed to make it colder. What do you think? Yeah. And somebody told me not to put that in, that it'll cause corrosion. It has chemicals in it. Okay. Um, it is my opinion. It is my opinion 
<laughs> that this is first of all we all know that you just can't put anything in an air conditioning system you better put something that resembles smells like tastes like and is boxed like and put in the right cans of freon it has to be freon we have to your air conditioning system has a sophisticated system that takes a liquid and turns it to a vapor and then takes the vapor and turns it back to a liquid and then we start this big circle liquid vapor liquid vapor liquid vapor it's a big circle so what in my opinion this can of magic potion <laughs> i thought he said antifreeze though was it antifreeze or, or i think he meant freon uh you're breaking up put it my antifreeze or with my free with my antifreeze yeah I mean, I, okay, I'm this sorry. is in your. No, this, this is my air conditioner. Okay, okay, all right. So and, Freon. Yeah, it's okay, Freon. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, they they do sell, they do sell Freon that has some magic potion in it, and um, it's a special concoction made by a tribe in the Africa, <laughs> oh, <gosh>. and <laughs> that was from the 1400s that knew Christopher Columbus, and they found this bean underneath this particular rock that you could smash up and put in your Freon, and it would add three degrees to the center vent temperature of your car. Um, I'm, I think that's what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, Cur I'm Curtis, it um, it's a Honda dealership, and I'm going to tell them to take it out and put new... Freon in it, and 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 you know you you can. We have the ability to suck out the freon. We have the ability to clean it up. We have the ability to make it virgin and remove the moisture. And we have the ability to put back in. Um, the, the you're going to get some pushback on this. So this is what I want you to do is Plan B. Okay, I want okay. you to issue me a warranty on this system because you've put something in there that's not approved by Honda. Number yes. one. And number two, I want you to give me the pay, the sheet on this. I want you to take a picture of the can so I know what you put in there. Okay. okay? So I want a picture of the can. I want the bit, the spec sheet of the product you put on because that's easy enough for us to get. Mm -hmm. And I want you to write down exactly what the warranty is because I don't want some. Because on the Internet, Herbert, the Google expert, said that that stuff could be corrosive and cause damage. Now, the, it is true that all we put in there is Freon. If you add anything else to the air conditioning system, it, it's not designed to be there. So I don't know what they put in, but I'll bet it was a can of Freon with some wallpaper on the can. I'm just guessing here. Yeah. And, and underneath it is a regular Freon, and they made another buck and a half to $5 on you because they told you it was special from, uh, from the okay. Frigidaire company. I just may bring it into your shop and have you guys do it. <laughs> well, um, here's, here's the problem. We don't know what it well, is, yeah, yeah we, and we can't take we, it out. We can't deal with it. Because well, you can drain antifreeze can't you and put in brand new antifreeze in your cooling system in your radiator yes but not in your air conditioning that's called freon yeah and 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 our machines are we if if somebody puts some contamination in there and we suck the freon out clean it up and put it back in we wipe out a machine it's five thousand dollars that's the reason oh. why most of us that have those machines, if 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 we can't, if you can't say that we did this, then you have to go back to where you came. Yeah, because it, it, some people put that stop leak Ace uh, Freon in there, and that just wipes out our, our machines. Destroys yeah. the machines. 
So um, you just it just it's okay. I would go back nice and say I'm unhappy with you putting something other than what should belong in it. I would like you to remove everything from my air conditioning system and fill it back up with Freon that is supposed to be in there. Thank you very much. That's what I think you should do. I got to run, Curtis. Uh, Jeremy, next. Sean in Scottsdale. How can I help you? Hey, Mark. I got a couple quick questions for you. Um, sure. So on, on, I got the 2013 Chevy Silverado 1500. Um, it's the V6 or whatever, but um, uh, it has the on the on the computer system on the dash. It has the relearn tire positions, and I've always kind of wondered what that is. Oh, okay. I can answer that for you. That's easy. Um, there are four transmitters that are inside the tire on the back side of the valve stem. And those transmitters talk to an antenna in the truck, and that way when the light comes on and says your right rear tire's low, then the right rear tire's low. Here's what happens. I take it to, you take it to the garage, and you tell them to rotate the tires. So the right rear ends up on the right front. Okay? Now, no one told the computer that we rotated the tires. <laughs> and, yeah. and so now, when the right front goes low, it's going to report it as the right rear yeah. is low. Does I that make see. sense? No, totally. And then, and my so, next question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, it, uh, I'll tell you who can fix this for you for free. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, discount tire. This is something they deal with all the time. I'm proud to be a partner with them. Um, I do work for them in the legal arena, but to, to be honest with you, they know how to do it. They, you go in and you say, I, would you please verify that my car knows where each tire is at, and they can do that for you. Okay, great. And then one other thing. I, I have an aftermarket stereo system on here, and I have an aftermarket. Uh, you know, I have uh, a backup camera that I put on here and just a uh-huh. couple other things that I've tapped into aftermarket-wise. And, uh, you know, I had the amplifier and the suds and all that. Well, my previous battery that I had on here um, just kind of gave out on me every time. It was, uh, I would start, you know, run the car. It would say battery low. And so I went and purchased a new battery, and I made sure to tell the guys at AutoZone or wherever I went that I needed, you know, a larger battery because I have all these different aftermarket things pulling from this battery. And uh, now I think it's been probably about six months since I purchased this battery. And... Um, the battery that I purchased, I was told, was you know large enough or a little bit larger than the previous one that I had and would be sufficient. Well, now about six months into this, uh, I think the other day I might have uh, been in the garage when it was hot and or been in the garage and listening to the music with the car not running and it said, hey, please start your vehicle battery running low. And so I did and everything and it hasn't died yet. But since that happened in the garage with um, the battery running low that one time, I'm now having issues where when I turn the music up, it's like cutting out because I don't think I'm getting enough power. So I'm okay, okay, that- stop, 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 stop. It's okay. Yeah. Um, you're, 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 you've got a, a bad water leak in your front yard, and you're trying to stop the water leak at the, where the leak is at. You need to go upstream. You need to go have somebody check the electrical system out. Is the alternator putting out full bore? Does it have, if, is your battery fully charged at 12.8 to 13 volts? And then when we turn on the alternator and we fake it out with our equipment, does the alternator go up to 13 or 14 or even 15 volts? And if it's an 80 amp alternator, is it putting out 80 amps? So you need to have somebody go check the rest of the electrical system. 
Um, I, you can you and it's the CCA rating on the battery is all you need. So if you've got a 500 CCA rating and you want something bigger, get it 850 or a thousand or something like that. Cold cranking amps CCA. Yeah. That's the number. So you don't have to count on some three whiskered kid at the auto parts store to tell you how he's going to give you a bigger battery because he's going to give you a bigger battery that's physically bigger that's one inch longer, one inch wider, and one inch taller. In reality, what you're looking for is a big CCA. And yeah, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm well, stop, 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 stop. I'm up against the clock here. I, this, oh, the idea that your truck is telling you that there's a problem would indicate to me that we have a draw on the system or we have an alternator that's substandard in its ability to provide voltage and amperage. And an electrical systems check, give me a range. $40, $45, Okay, we're talking about, then we're going to open it up. I go okay. $30 to $60. Okay. Most everybody's going to be in the $30 to $60 range for an, for an electrical systems analysis. But that's what's really going to need to be done. And I'll bet you he's plugged into some systems that are on all the time, and he doesn't even know that. Right. And, that's and what that's I was going to say. He needs to have the, 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 draws. the stuff checked that he had put in because uh-huh. they might have not have wired it correctly. And it's probably off the ignition, it, uh-huh. and it's off of a hot lead and it really needs to be off of the key mm-hmm. so we need an ignition feed to fire up all the big music stuff right and so and, and that's probably what it is it's just a matter of somebody installed it and tagged into the wrong circuit and that's what it's about so the electrical systems tech will tell you we got a problem but then you're gonna have to pay to have somebody find it find the connection and put it where it really belongs and most of the time you always end up on the fuse panel you're going to be on the fuse panel or somewhere close to the fuse panel when you start putting in all the speakers and the woofers and the the thumpers and the jumpers and all that other kind of stuff that you've got even if you've got neon lights that happens too 602-508-0960 we'll be back the seth liebson show mass killings torture disappearances acid in women's faces destruction of thousand-year-old buddhist statues that's the human rights record of the taliban i don't think there has been a year since 1998 that the taliban haven't engaged in torturing of women trying to learn or become literate weekdays three to six right here on am 960 the patriot hello i'm greg may owner of phoenix body works for 35 years We've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques. So your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works. We want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. Hey folks, it's Seth Liebson. After a year filled with bad and hard news, my friend Solar Sandy has some good news. No power bills and no solar panel payments for one year. You heard me right. If you go with Solar Sandy, she'll pay your power bills and solar panel payments for one year. No matter your politics, a power rate increase is coming next year. I say skip it. In fact, skip power bills altogether. How about that for good news? Just click on AskSolarSandy.com to get started. That's AskSolarSandy.com. 
Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. My longtime friend and fellow Salem Media Editorial Board member, Lon He Chen, has taken a big step forward to help save California from its ongoing fiscal and social collapse. Lon He recently announced he is running for the Office of Controller in the Golden State. Bravo, Lon He. You are needed now more than ever. The Controller is California's independent fiscal watchdog, providing sound fiscal advice and control over more than $100 billion in receipts and disbursements of public funds a year, offering fiscal guidance to local governments and uncovering fraud and abuse of taxpayer dollars. In a one-party state as deeply blue as California, it's vital that there be such a watchdog, one who is savvy, experienced, and very smart. Lonnie Chen is moderate in tone and temperament, but solidly grounded in free markets and the founding principle of liberty and constitutionalism. California desperately needs some ballast to offset its leftward lurch. Lonnie Chen will provide it. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. So welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and with me today is my wife, Renee. We've been in the car repair business since 1979. And right now, our two children, our oldest kids, Alan and Andy, run our operation. Oldest and youngest. Oldest yep. and the youngest. Yep. And uh, and we're kind of half-retired. I still got some horses that I mess around with a little bit, which gives me hobbies. And then Renee has her hobbies, and, and uh, we're just... Um, but I still love doing the show, and I'm still deeply involved in the car repair aspect, and so I'm still somewhat educated about what I'm talking about. Yep. Let's go to the phones. Bob, you're up. Uh, yeah, hi, Mark. Thanks. Hi. Uh, I've got a 2008 Subaru Outback uh, non-turbo four-cylinder, horizontal opposed. Uh, this has been an intermittent problem for... God, year and a half. The check engine light and the uh, cruise control light will come on and flash, and uh, doesn't seem to really affect. I, I only noticed a slight hesitation in acceleration from a dead stop. Other than that, it runs great. Then it will just suddenly turn off. Everything's fine. The thing has tons of power. 120,000 miles. I went to do my emissions this year. <clears throat> the It failed the first time because it was flashing. It indicated on their computer that it was uh, a number one cylinder missed. So I, uh, I took it back. I told him about the problem. He said, bring it back a second. It stops doing it, and it passed perfectly. Okay. Uh, right. We've had. I can't fix your car. I can't. I can't fix your car over the uh, over the radio. And and the fact that it's flashing is means it's happening right then and there. And there's a whole different story about emissions and monitors and backups and behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. But I understand completely why they couldn't test it. And that's those are the rules we live with. In your particular case, you're going to have oh, to no, have somebody. He, he tested- he tested it, and then I understand. I no, please, please. 
Um, it, it, I understand what you're saying. Um, th- let's get to the question. The question is, is have you fixed it? No, I've gone okay. for a year and a half to my normal mechanic. They cannot pull up codes. It, I'm guessing from just my past experience with normal vehicles than these, than all these new electronic ones. It could be somewhere in the computer. It could be a coil pack. It could be a okay. plug, plug wire, a relay. Okay, okay, but all right. Can't seem- okay, you're. Well, yeah, I mean, th- listen to what you said. I've gone to this guy, and he can't. He doesn't have the equipment to 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 talk to the car. And if you want to go replace the computer, go ahead. But you'll be one of about ten thousand people who are going to change a computer, and not one of them fixed the problem. And get on the internet and go to Mr. Google and talk to him, and they'll tell you to replace the PCM, replace the 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 uh, the ignition module, replace this, replace that. Why don't we just fix the problem? And so that's available. If I were you, I'd call a couple of import parts stores, and I would say to them, who buys lots of Subaru parts and who can find and fix this problem? You're going to spend somewhere between 85 and $150, my guess, to have somebody diagnose the problem. Then they're going to call you with an estimate. Then you're going to say to them, you're going to say, I don't want to have this problem again. I'm not guessing. I don't want you to guess with my money. I want you to fix the problem. Are you sure that you've got the problem under control and and evidently it's related to cylinder number one? And that's the kind of conversation you you should have. But we can you and I can sit here and discuss this until we're till my next birthday. We're not going to get anywhere. The, I understand what happened at the emissions control station. It has nothing to do with fixing the car. I understand that they have the, inf- the, the equipment to talk to the car. So does a whole lot of the rest of us. So you just have to go to that shop. If your shop doesn't have the equipment, then he can't do it. So go someplace else. Talk to him and have him suggest somebody in your neighborhood. But the easiest way is go to the auto parts store and find out who buys Subaru parts. So that's the easiest way to do it. Bob, good luck to you, buddy. Um, it, the, your, your Outback is, is, a, is a, not even a 1% of the cars on the road. And so there's not a lot of people that have the experience necessary to fix it. But the good news is, is those of us that understand how the system works, um, it's, it's finding it and fixing it is not easy and it's not hard. It just depends. But it's certainly possible. Tony, you're up next. How can I help you? Oh, thanks, Mark. Uh, I do want to get your thoughts on a couple of things because I do want my truck to love me more. I have okay. a 9973 diesel, and I want to pick your brain on uh, fuel additives because of the low sulfur and lack of electricity on an older truck like that. What do you think? I don't. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it, huh? No, no. I have a I have a thirty five thousand dollar engine in my big Volvo. It's an M11, and I'm not yep. doing that with that. And my motor costs a whole lot of money. And if there was a risk associated with it, I'd be if I needed to put camel urine inside my tank, I'd be doing it. But to answer your question, oh. um, I I wouldn't be using any fuel additives. I mean, if you want to, because uh, you want to, and it makes you feel better, then go right ahead. You're not going to hurt anything. But the, the diesel fuels of today have all, all the additives that we need from from the oldest to the newest. So. Okay, so we're covered there. Then the last uh, question I have is, uh, after a long, heavy, hard pull, say on the interstate, and you pull immediately into a truck stop, how long do you let your diesel idle down to cool a turbo? Well, I'm blessed because I have an exhaust gas temperature gauge, EGT. Yep. And Do you have one? 
No, I do not. It's completely stock, non-chip. Okay. Stock. I can. T- in the, now, when I'm really running and gunning, and I'm hauling horses, and I'm going up the hill, I'm running somewhere between twelve and fifteen hundred degrees on yep. the turbo side. Okay. When I yep. pull up to a traffic light, be, in the time of the traffic light, my temperature will come down to two or three hundred. So oh, my answer bad. to you is, is no matter how hard you flog that, no matter how many young kids you're racing, no matter how much you're pulling, if you pull into there and you say the Lord's Prayer twice, it'll, that's enough time <laughs> to let it cool off and shut it off. That's all I need to know. Thank you for your input, Mark. All right. Enjoy you your betcha. show. Thank you. Bye Thank now. you, Tony. All righty. There's some shops in town that um, are all really, really good shops, and I'm going to name a few of them for you right now. Blackwell Automotive, 40th Street and and Greenway, northeast quadrant of the valley area and that northeast section of Scottsdale and stuff. There's lots of shops up there, but Blackwell's really good. He knows what he's doing. He works on vintage cars as well as new cars. He understands the fundamentals. He's a real principal character. Him and I are a lot alike. We're cut from the same cloth. He knows right from wrong, and he knows BS when he gets it from the people that are working in the shop. And him, like many other shop owners, have already instilled to our staff that BS in us isn't going to work because we weren't born yesterday. So if you're up in the northeast quadrant of Scottsdale, Blackwell Automotive is a great place to go. Another place to go that's really, really good is Kurtz Auto Repair at I-17 and Bell Road. Kurtz has been around a long time. I can't tell you how many times I've sent a, a caller, a consumer, to Kurt and have him fix a car that nobody else could. So he's really my go-to guy when it comes to the central Phoenix area and when it comes to I've got a problem nobody else can fix than Kurt, but he also does oil changes and, and, and cooling system flushes, and he does all the maintenance necessary to keep your car in order, but they've, they're just great diagnosticians. So Blackwell in the Northeast, and Kurt's Auto, I-17, and Bell, I've got you covered in those two different directions, and on the other side of the break, we'll give you a couple of other places that you can go to that I personally recommend, and they really, really are the best around. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. If you felt like your kids fell behind academically in this last year, this coming year does not have to be like that. In-person learning, a high level of classroom teaching, safe and Christian values. Christian schools have small class sizes. They're socially distanced. There's better academics, better character building, and they don't have to learn on your dining room table. Half-priced tuitions available now at our growing list of Phoenix area Christian schools. Go to aztuitions.com. That's aztuitions.com. Carvana. 
LLC seeks a senior engineer one in Tempe, Arizona to write clean, secure, and highly reusable code. Telecommuting permitted. Apply at www.jobpostingstoday.com and use reference number 81334. That's Carvana LLC seeking a senior engineer one in Tempe, Arizona. To apply, go to jobpostingstoday.com, reference number 81334. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T, F, face drooping, A, arm weakness, or S, speech difficulty, then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately, because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment, and that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs, face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. And I'll tell you something else. What? On the other side of town, 38th okay. Avenue and Indian Schools, Larry Harker's Auto. Been around since 1967. You, I don't think you were even born then, were you? No, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry Harker's, again, it's a, it's a full-blown shop that has oil changes all the way to the most sophisticated, but what they're really good at is tracking down stuff that other people can't or other shops struggle with. They are really, really good at finding and fixing the problem. Now, really, really good goes hand in hand with not really, really cheap. Not really, really expensive either. A fair price for a fair job, but they have the skills and the technical ability and the equipment necessary to track it down. The real quick story is somebody had got an estimate because water was blowing out of the vents on the passenger side of a very expensive European car. And the repair bill was $4,000. Well, the second opinion went over to Harker's. They found the condensation drain behind the glove box plugged and so the water that was being created by the cold air conditioning wasn't draining on the road. We've all seen that as mm-hmm. you walk away from your car. So they unplugged the drain. They cleaned out the box. And I think the bill was $125, which was probably an hour's worth of time. Yeah. And they fixed it. Yeah. That's quite different than three or four or $5,000 to go in there and replace it. Now, they would have fixed it for the $4,000 bill because once they got in there, sure. they would have seen it. Yeah, but would they have said, oh, this is all it was instead of the $4,000? I'm not sure. You're exactly right. We don't know. Yeah. All right, let's go to Scott. Or, no, we're going to go to Tony first. Um, did we already talk to Tony? Yes, we yes, already we did. So, all right. Scott. And, Scott, you're up next. What can we do for you? And what we're going to do is tell us your make and model and then tell us the problem. Okay. Uh, hello, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir, I can. Yeah, I got a 1962 GMC uh, pickup truck, uh, long bed, three-quarter ton. And okay. uh, what I'm doing is is I bought this rolling chassis without a cab, and uh, I'm going to make a utility trailer out of the, out of the bed. Um, okay. I noticed that when I was backing it in uh, the driveway, I saw two, both tires left 
a, uh, some rubber marks on the driveway, so I jacked up the rear end. I spun one tire, and the other tire went with it, and forward and reverse. So I ended up just jamming a piece of lumber underneath one tire to see if it was a limited slip. One would free span, and the other one, you know what I mean. So, uh-huh. But yeah. they, they, uh, they, it just locked up. It would not... It would not. Uh, it felt. Okay. It felt like a full locker. So, and okay. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Spicer. Okay. And, well, wait a minute. Let me ask okay. some questions. Um, sure, sure. Is is this got a tongue on it? Have you already built the trailer and it's yes, it's, it's already. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is and has it got a bed on it or is it just the frame? No, it's got a bed on it. It's the original okay. bed. Okay. All I would probably do is, is you got a differential, and I would probably it's probably got a if it's the older differential, it's got a drain plug on the bottom of it. Just drain it or suck it out, and put clean fluid in it, and go drive that thing down the freeway and make sure that both tires are the same diameter and make sure they have the same inflation. And I'll bet you after about five miles, that differential starts slipping for you. Okay. And you know, and that was my another question back years ago. All these hot riders would sit there and they would they would weld. The uh, the spider gears to make it a, a true locker. Um, yes, I didn't know if through your travels, if you ever known of a, a, a spicer in that particular year being a full locker or not. Was it, when you when you locked up the rear end, then every time the car made a left turn, it went that's, and it would chirp the tires, and the car whole car would hop like an idiot. That's what this. And does. so, okay, I know, but but. I, I'm from the area you're talking about, and you only—I mean, one guy in the in the neighborhood lo- welded up his spiders, and everybody learned from him. It was okay. a bad thing to do. <laughs> Just go get a posi rear end, right? Drop right. in a posi in your housing and be done with it. I, I, yours has probably been sitting around a long time, and probably it, everything is just stuck. And my advice to you hasn't changed. Drain the fluid, put some new fluid in it, yeah, and yeah. go. Dr- and and put I'd put some weight in the back of it. And I'd just go take it down the freeway, and I'd go five miles north and five miles south, and then I'd go behind Safeway or Bashes, and I'd make some figure eights with it, and I'll bet you dollars to donuts the thing unlocks, and you'll be fine. Oh, fantastic. That's good That's what I'd do. Okay. All right. Good luck to you, Scott. Thank you very much. And speaking of transmissions and differentials, then we have to talk about automatic transmission exchange. Phil knows Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble. He's been around since cars had tires of stone. You too, huh? He's like you. Just like me. And, 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 And Phil's been around automatic transmission exchange at 40th Street in Washington since 1968. Now, those guys learned the fundamentals of the early automatic transmissions which we shift things with pressure and vacuum and speed and clutches. Well, guess what? We still do that, except we use electronics to do it today. So we have an electronic solenoid that makes this arm go left or right, first gear or second gear, in a simplistic way. So if you have a transmission problem, automatic transmission exchange is my favorite place to go. Been around, like I said, since 1968, 40th Street in Washington. And if you live in central Phoenix and you go east and west along Washington, it's important. You'll know what we're talking about because it's been there forever and it has a big transmission out on the street. So automatic transmission exchange, a great place to go. 
I'm going to take a break because Jeremy's sleeping, and mm-hmm. he's not expecting me to hit an early break this right. time. Yeah. And so when Why we come, would he? <laughs> he's been late on all the others. <laughs> I have been. I have. It's been a tough day for Mark. <laughs> anyway, 602-508-0960, that's the lines, and we have five open, and Jeremy will answer. And don't get mad at Jeremy. He'll just hang up on you. Mm-hmm. He's kind of... But Jeremy and Gil are the two people that have trained Mark and Renee since 2011 when we came to KKNT. And they they are, without a doubt, two of the best board operators, best engineers that I have ever been around since I started my radio career in 1988. So when you get Jeremy to sit wing with you, to sit next in the, in the seat next to you, or you get Gil, which I usually have, um, you can't go wrong. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, the lines are wide open, 602-508-0960. If you listen to this radio station for 24 hours straight, you'd hear about a quarter of a million words, and thousands of those words every day come from listeners like you. No one values your opinion more than we do. And when you support our advertisers, you turn words into actions. We know you're not always going to agree with us, but we wouldn't be here without you. So we thank you for listening and supporting our advertisers. 960 The Patriot, a Salem Media Group station. Do you hear my computer career ads and think, I don't know anything about computers? Well, you don't have to. Before starting, many graduates could turn a computer on and off. And that's it. Now they're IT pros. You could do it too. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. You could start your new life in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. America, welcome home the brave. The brave men and women who serve their country are coming home. Home to their cities and towns. Home to their mountains and valleys home to their families and friends home to America some of these warriors are coming home with wounds you can see and some with wounds you can't see like post-traumatic stress disorder Wounded Warrior Project was created to provide the support these wounded veterans need to ensure their return to America is well adjusted and successful but we need your help to ensure that our mission is a success Help us honor and empower these wounded warriors. Contact us at findwwp.org. America, welcome home the brave. I'm a veteran. My victory was admitting I had PTSD and getting help. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. I no longer see it as a weakness, but as a sign of strength. I call it post-traumatic growth. DAV provides a lifetime of support, helping veterans of every generation get the benefits they've earned. I am a veteran. I lost both legs in Vietnam. Every year, DAV helps more than a million veterans so they can reach victories great and small. My victory was getting my benefits and a good education. I'm a veteran. When I got out, I felt like nowhere was safe. My victory was finding the help I needed. But there's more to be done and more victories to be won. Thanks to DAV, 
Now I feel like I'm human again. Help support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. If you listen to this radio station for 24 hours straight, you'd hear about a quarter of a million words, and thousands of those words every day come from listeners like you. No one values your opinion more than we do. And when you support our advertisers, you turn words into actions. We know you're not always going to agree with us, but we wouldn't be here without you. So we thank you for listening and supporting our advertisers. 960 The Patriot, a Salem Media Group station. Okie dokie, 43 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. And between now and the top of the hour, we're going to be talking about cars. We have four lines open. We've got one that's taken right now, and you're welcome to join us. 602-508-0960. Jeremy will answer the call. He'll get your name, and we'll get you on the air as quickly as we can. 602-508-0960. I want to tell you about Action Auto Repair, but more important, when you go to MarkSalem.com and you look at my best car repair shops, I want you to pay attention that I'm not fishing for new shops. I'm not advertising that you can apply. You see, I pick the shops. I pick the shops where I know the owners. I've known the owners for years and years. Action Auto is owned by Tom, and I've known Tom since 1983. Him and I have been friends. I have his cell phone. I know his wife. I know his kids. And if Tom has a problem, he can call me, and I have a problem, and he's pretty good on some Beamer cars, I call him. So that's how it works. So if you're at I-17 in Deer Valley and you're looking for a full-service, family-owned auto repair shop that's served Deer Valley in the North Phoenix area since 1983, then maybe you should try Action Auto Repair. They have ASE certified technicians. They get the job done right. And I'll tell you, as an owner, Tom knows right from wrong, left and right, up and down. So he's not going to listen to some brand-new technician try to feed him a line of you-know-what to explain why he accidentally put diesel fuel in the fuel tank. So they know right from wrong. It's a good place, Action Auto Repair. Let's go to the phones, and let's go with Steve. Steve, good morning. What's up? Good morning. I have a 2004 Mazda Tribute. Just had the air compressor replaced after 17 years. Uh, Got it back. It's working good. Uh, Just realized now... I'm noticing that the fan speed on the air conditioner is varying. Like when I take off, it'll slow down a little bit. When I put the windows up, it'll kind of slow down a little bit and kick back in. I just wonder if there might be something that didn't get hooked up or if that has anything to do with it. Just noticed it started happening after the repair. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm not quite sure. You're giving me symptoms I've heard before with two separate issues. Okay. And so um, the fan speed should never change but i think right. what you're hear what you might be hearing is the engine rpm change as the compressor cycles on and off is that possible uh that's not possible i thought about that as well but i did notice uh putting the fan on high that it does drop down the volume of air coming out drops a little bit then momentarily kicks back up again yeah you're all right. Well, let me just explain what I know for sure. Um, when we freeze up the evaporator behind the glove box, um, oftentimes we shut the compressor off, and when we do, there is a surge in RPM, and sometimes it's interpreted as a fan speed surge. So there is nothing that should control the fan speed other than the switch. So you should pick one, two, three, or four, and it should stay there and should blow all the time because the fan speed has nothing to do whatsoever 
with anything to do with the air conditioning. It blows on the condenser on the evaporator, and it doesn't know right. if the heater core's on or if the evaporator is full of freon. So exactly. I'm a little confused about the fan speed changing um, speeds. Do you have an automatic um, part of your air yep. conditioning controls? Uh, automatic. What do you mean? It's a 2004. It's just got the red and the hot, and you put this to the hot or the cold, blue or red or blue. Okay, that's temperature. You that's your temperature slide or your temperature knob. On your fan speed, uh-huh. does it say one, two, three, four, or does it say auto, yes. or does it? One, two, three, four. Okay. Um, when you're in f- speed four, we're just sending battery power directly to the blower motor, so you're getting full 12 volts plus because the alternator is going to take the 12 to 13. So you get 13 uh-huh. volts to the high blower motor or to the blower motor, and but on one, two, and three, we're going to run that voltage through a resistor. I I've, I don't think I, and, and I'm going to regurgitate what I think you're saying here. You're driving down the road, and you've picked fan speed three. And for some reason or another, since you've had the air conditioning worked on, the speed of the fan that's blowing air out the vents into your face is changing, although you haven't changed the speed from from two where it was or three where it was or wherever, right? Correct. And it only seems to happen... When there's a load, like when I take off from a light, it'll do it. When I was putting up the windows, the fan would kind of go down a little bit. But when it's just driving constant, it's kind of fine. Only when I kind of, you know, okay, if that makes sense, if that helps. What what speed are you running the fan on? Uh, I was running it on three, and it was still doing it. And then I put it on four just so I could to verify that it was actually the volume coming out. And it would do it like when I would take off from a light. Yeah, and just don't jackrabbit start, but just take off. Okay. And then is, putting I pushed up the two window power window things both at the same time, and it kind of lulled the, the air coming out. You know, uh, I, I guess at first blush, I would I would say to myself, it, it it sounds as though that we're we're having a a wider variation of voltage in the entire car. I don't want to see less than 12 and a half, and I sure don't want to see more than 14 at the battery. And so the only thing that could cause the fan speed to change, I was looking for, like, if you had automatic temperature control, then it looks at a lot of different sensors before it turns on the fan speed, and it's not uncommon for the fan speed to go higher and lower intermittently for no reason other than the... But you're also talking about... um, uh, an 04 tribute that's 16 years old, 17 years old. Right. And so I think what I would want to do is I'd, I'd, if, Alternator? if I, if I was, if I was attached to, if I was assigned to fix this car or to look at it, the first thing I'd do is do an electrical systems analysis. Let's see what the alternator puts out. Let's see if I've got 13.2 volts at, at, at idle and without the air conditioning. Let's see what the voltage goes when I turn on the air conditioning and when I put it on the fan. And let's see if we're bouncing or if we're, we're, if we're dropping below the thresholds or going above the thresholds on the top end. And then I would exercise all of that electrical system. And I also have, has anybody done any battery work or battery cable work in the last six months? No. The okay. original owner, one owner, like I said, this just started happening after I got back from the thing. But yeah, I'll do that. That sounds like a good point to start. Well, from just it, it, here's, here's what I'm thinking. If we move the negative cable to the wrong spot, if somebody disconnected the negative cable, which we would want to be on the frame, and then the frame has another big braided cable that goes to the engine because the motor sits in rubber motor mounts. 
if we lose one of those grounds, because the ground has to hopscotch, it has to go from the negative cable or from the negative terminal, and it has to go to the frame, the firewall, the core support, and the engine. We need all those grounds there. The core support is where the headlights are mounted and the radiator is mounted. Then we have the engine in on, on three rubber pillows, which is motor mount, so it's not grounded. And then we've got the, the firewall. So we need each one of that stuff grounded. If we lose one of those grounds, especially the ground the alternator wants to look at, then we're going to have a variation of voltage. So not okay. knowing what work was done, but... Maybe what part it got t- tapped or something. Something got hit a little bit or... it. it I, you know, but but see, it. I, I think about that, but he didn't say anything at all about noise. Because right. if we damage the fan, blow, the blower motor, right. uh, and the cage, we're going to have a noise or we're going to have a vibration. Sure. So I paid particular attention to the fact that he didn't say he had a noise or a vibration, right. which would indicate that the cage is coming apart, or when you pull the blower motor out, it's got a dead rat in it. But I'm saying if he hit one of those uh, things that you're talking about hooked up to the... Oh, one of the grounds. Grounds, thank he, you. Yeah. yeah. If somebody had, that's why I ask him mm-hmm. if he's if he, if we're going from the negative cable, has anybody done any electrical work or any battery work? Yeah. Could they have hit it though when they did the air conditioning work? Anything like that? No, but they could have left it loose. Okay. They could have left a ground dangle and yeah. not know where it went back, or it fell down where they didn't see it. Sure. But but you bring up a better point. I like what you're thinking. I think you're going in the direction. You gave me this problem when you did my work. Mm-hmm. Would you take a look at it? Sure. Because I didn't have it before you guys did your work. Yeah. And then the answer right. is, I did. I we'll both know whose fault this is once we get it fixed. Yeah. <laughs> and so so I'm going to give you, Mr. Shop Owner, the opportunity first because it appears, and I'm not mad at you, I love you, you did a good job on my car, but it appears that I got this when I picked my car up last. Mm-hmm. So if you take a look at it, because my intent, if, if you can't find it, I'll take it someplace, and then, of course, if they say, oh, well, this wire didn't get reattached to this spot, then I'm going to come back and politely ask you to pay that repair bill. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way around the dilemma. So, yeah. okay. What part of town do you live in? Mechanics, so we'll, oh, okay. uh, 16th Street and Osborne. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I took it to Martin's. Oh, oh great. So, oh, yeah, well, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. just, so, just, he's a good just guy. tell him Mark Salem says that if you can't fix it, to give him a call, <laughs> and either his dad, Dennis, or Mark will drive over and help that young buck fix your car. <laughs> Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. All righty. Thank you. Sam in Glendale. How are you, buddy? What can we do for you? Oh, hi. Good morning. Um, I've got a 65 Chevrolet El Camino, and I've got starting problems. I know my some of the teeth are missing on the uh, flex plate, and intermittently when I crank it, it'll hit that spot, and the starter goes, so I just wait. And restart. And this car just sometimes it'll start easy, sometimes it won't. But I also have put in a little uh, security switch where you got to flip the switch before you can start the car. Mm-hmm. And I went in between the uh, neutral safety switch and then run run the switch that I've got. So I have to flip it and leave it on in order to start. And then sometimes it will start cranking and then when i try to crank it again it's like dead when i turn the key nothing okay i would not have i would have not had used that circuit on the neutral safety switch under any conditions i strongly suggest you put that back 
I think if you want to put a kill switch in it, no one else is listening to this, but run a ground wire um, from the uh, from the negative side of the coil and put a toggle switch and then run it to ground. And if you ground the negative side of the coil, it'll never start. It'll crank, but it won't catch. So if you're looking at some theft deterrent device, there's a lot of other ways to accomplish anybody from starting and driving your El Camino away. But okay. Now, does that switch have to be a, a like a, a 10 amp switch or 30 amp or no, just no. something small? Just something small. I mean, you know okay. what we used to do? Don't tell anybody this, okay? We used to hook it up to a second dimmer switch on the floor. So we had two dimmer switches, one that did the headlights, but the other one was a, the Mark Salem auto security button. So you push the button, and it just disables the ignition system. And then when yeah. you crank it over, it just cranks and cranks and cranks. But And then about six and a half milliseconds of time, you're thinking to yourself, I probably should have pushed my theft deterrent dimmer switch. <laughs> yeah, so, that might work. <laughs> And, and and I mean, you know, I, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. I could. So we used to do it with the cigarette lighter. We'd take the yeah, element okay. out of the cigarette lighter and use it yeah. for the ground. Push it in, and the car start and let go, and the car would die. So, yeah. in your particular case, though, the the starter portion of this, we need to have 12 volts to the to the at the battery at all times, and the battery cannot drop below 9.6. If you're missing teeth on the flex plate, it's that flex plate stops them in one of four, four positions every single time, 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock. So if 3 o'clock is where the teeth are missing, then one out of ch four chances you have, it's going to hit there and it's going to spin. And right. so, but, okay. but I also want to, you to know that there are some very specific starter numbers. The 3510 was the starter your small block Chevy should have on it. The 3510. 3510. I yeah. don't know. It seems like I've got a 36-something. Okay. I, I don't know. I'd have to cross the numbers over because I'm going okay. way back to the 70s. Okay. But, and, but, but I want you to also go to MarkSalem.com, and I want you to print out FAQ 28. Isn't it 28? Oh, I don't know. I'm, My don't car know won't crank. Okay. I think it's FAQ 28. Okay. And, and, and here's what it, it does. It, sometimes you said you hit the key, and all you hear is the starter spin. So you're hearing right. the starter drive spin, but it's not engaged into the flywheel. Right. And there's times that we used to have to shim that 3510 away from the, the, uh, the, the mating surface and put a shim between the starter and where it bolts to, the, to bring the teeth away, to bring the teeth further away because when the starter drive would go out, it would hang up in the gears. Now, if that's the case, then spraying WD-40 when it's running... Spray and cover the teeth on the flywheel with WD-40. And then for the next three or four days, everything should be fine, and then the problem will come back. And if that's the case, we need to shim the starter. I'm sorry I don't have much more time. i got about 40 seconds because I have to end the show. But if you have any more information you need, mark at marksalem.com. Mark at MarkSalem.com. It's good 24 hours a day. I answer all my own emails, and if you'll give me your phone number, sometimes I want to call and ask you some questions. So if you're going to send me an email asking for some help, give me what the issue is. You're making model and tell me what the problem is. God bless you. I'll see you next Saturday.